for another Eyes of Band episode. I am Anne Leslie. My name is Jennifer Winnikers. And my name is Faith O'Peel. And today we are blessed to have Natasha Harty with Harley. Harley with us. I said Harley. Harley. Natasha Harley with us. And we are delighted to have Natasha with us as part of our series about getting into cybersecurity. Um, Natasha is a recruiter, but she's not only a recruiter, and she's going to give you all a much more positive view on the importance of recruiters, right? They're part of, a, they're a key part of our ecosystem. Um, and a lot of people hate them. Um, but they're, sorry, I can say- Sorry, Natasha. No, it's a reality, <laughs> right? It was, part, it was part of our prep. And we were, you know, had conversations with different people like, ah, recruiters. But like all professions, good ones, bad ones, gifted ones, mm -hmm. not so gifted ones, we have a gifted one with us today. So Natasha, please tell our audience a little bit about yourself um, and then we will get into what you are, what you do, um, and also the other strings to your bow because you're not just a recruiter. <laughs> thank you, Anne, and thank you ladies so much for having me. Um, so uh, yeah, throw me straight into the lion's den there. <laughs> Um, so yes, I'm Natasha Harley. Um, I run a business with my uh, business partner, Laura Wellstead, um, and our business is Cyber Experts. Um, and Cyber Experts is a specialist um, cybersecurity recruitment consultancy um, here in the UK. Um, we also co-founded um, WeSys UK, or Women in Cybersecurity, um, the UK affiliate um, very cool. So when we were talking you know, amongst ourselves about um, sort of preparing this series and we've interviewed a variety of different people doing different jobs in security and we're aiming to be useful, right? These discussions, they're aiming to be useful on different levels, you know, talking about difficult topics, but this one is particularly pragmatic, right? So for people who are either starting out or people who are in maybe a different industry and looking to get into an entry-level position in cyber. Let's kick it off, right? Um, can you tell us a bit about what you're seeing right now in information security and cyber security about getting into it? You know, what kind of companies are recruiting? What are they looking for? Um, how can people get started? Yeah. Um, so there is an abundance of opportunities out there it's just knowing where they exist um and and i think the difficulty for you know let's call them aspiring cybersecurity professionals is knowing where to start um and where to begin there's a lot of information out there um and unfortunately a lot of it contradicts itself um in many ways um you know naturally there's a lot of conversations in the community out there as well and whilst you know they're very well aligned um, and very, very useful. Again, it's, you know, it's a little bit disjointed in terms of what's really kind of going on out there. But from a recruitment perspective, um, you know, there's some really, really great businesses out there that are committed to, you know, providing those opportunities to entry level folk. Um, and they're true entry level positions. They're not juniors looking for, you know, sort of a year or, or so or or more experience. Um, so I think from 
you know, for those that, you know, people coming in lots of different directions, there's those that are looking to transition their career completely. Um, I've got some great stories of individuals that, you know, have, have successfully done so, which I'd be happy to talk about. Um, and, you know, you've got um, those that are uh, potentially sort of sidestepping within cybersecurity itself, perhaps started in one area, moving another. Um, and then you've got those that are, you know, sort of um, fresh students or graduates coming out of university that are looking to take that first step. Um, and so it's, you know, the best place to start is actually really just research, research, research and building that network and, you know, finding what, what, it, what is it that excites you first about this industry and then start to, you know, really kind of drill down in terms of, you know, what roles exist out there. And again, they're very fragmented in terms of, you know, what what each role exists or within, you know, certain departments within a business, etc. So it's really kind of drilling down and, and just starting to get a passion for, for specific areas. And you don't have to just focus on one area either, um, because as we said there before, is that you can easily sidestep into other areas of cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. um, the, um, in terms of, from a, from a business perspective, um, in terms of what's going on out there at the moment, as I said, there are quite a number of um, great organisations hiring at the moment. Um, you know, some have realistic requirements and expectations, and as I said before, are really, really committed to, you know, providing those opportunities um, and enabling individuals to develop and grow within this great industry. Um, and so, you know, providing them with a platform to do so um, and are committed to that cause. And then, you know, there are other organisations that are typically advertising for these roles that you know, are asking for um, already maybe 12 months, 18 months, etc. experience um, and calling that an entry level role. And to yeah. me, that's that's not an entry level role. So, yeah. Yeah, because that's actually the first thing that pops up in my mind if if we're discussing like people that want to get into cybersecurity don't really have that much of experience. Um, I think in the last two or three years, um, most organizations or a lot of organizations have been putting out job vacancies that either, for example, require um, CISP, one of the biggest certificates that we have within cybersecurity, um, which requires you to have five years of experience before you're allowed to have that, um, or have specific amount of um, years of experience with uh, either Kubernetes, for example, which is a relatively new type of, of, of technique. Um, and I feel that that really frustrates a lot of people that are trying to break into this industry because they feel like it's really some kind of um, almost gatekeeping of some sorts or really like a lack of understanding in what cybersecurity actually entails. Um, two-sided question do you recognize this and as a recruiter that wants the people that they work with um, really to thrive in the industry how do you help them or organizations tackle these kind of things yeah absolutely so it's, yeah big question there mm -hmm. um I think from a okay let's talk about from a yeah. you know a job seekers point of view to, to begin with um you know, if something is so difficult to get into, you know, you're you're cutting off 50% of your talent pool. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, half half of the individuals who say, you know what, there is just no way of getting into this industry. It's like a it's like a big brick wall. Yeah. Um, and the other half will it will motivate them more to learn more, to understand more, etc. They're the ones that really tend to get through. Yeah. That being said, you know, for example, um, you know, sort of job descriptions that you know, sorry, job adverts that mm -hmm. do go out there in the public domain um we'll ask for a junior um with um let's say uh you know two years experience uh, sorry with um two years experience um and and it's just so unrealistic because these individuals how do they get that experience mm -hmm. you know coming straight from university how do you get that practical experience that real world experience yeah. um and 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 also you know sort of the feedback that we're getting from you know the, sort of the the job seeking community is that these businesses are just trying to drive down salaries mm -hmm. that's how they're oh, feeling yes. is yeah. that actually they're trying to hire these ju junior people at 20 25k salary in, here in the uk mm -hmm. um and asking for two years experience it just there's just such a disconnect yeah. there and so you're starting to put them off in other ways um so you know from a from a, a recruitment perspective and a, as a business owner and 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 working with industry you know our job is to is to to give you our view of the market and what's mm -hmm. happening out there um you know what exists within the talent pools what are the communities saying where where are those struggles and 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 what is it do these guys need and girls um you know what does everybody need to to be able to secure a role in the industry so we work with businesses to you know really strip back those requirements and often those requirements come from you know replacing a team member mm -hmm. um that has perhaps been with the company for three or four years and has either moved on within their role or has left the business for another opportunity and they're replacing at the same level that this individual is leaving at rather than what yeah. they originally started at yeah. and you know our role there is to really educate businesses you know in terms of what it is they need versus what is actually out there in the market and the value that those individuals can bring yeah uh, i have a question okay so we're we're looking at it from um a complete juniors perspective what are people who have been working yeah so they do have experience um but they have been working in a different field um an example is i was working in it for a while and then I wanted to navigate to cybersecurity. But what I found was that um at least at least that's that, that was my view was that the experience that I had in IT was somehow like neglected. Right? It was as if you're going into cybersecurity like a complete junior is that the same thing that you see out there or um, or do we have transferable skills that are actually you know um valued it's it's really difficult because i pick and choose who i work with in terms of organizations and if they're not willing to work with me and to listen to my professional advice mm -hmm. um then I choose not to work with them. And if they are organizations that are of such scale that they work with vendor management systems and you're just pinging CVs and racing the next recruitment agency 
to to replacement um, then I choose not to work with those so I typically work with you know small to medium enterprise businesses MSPs end clients etc um, who are looking to scale their businesses etc and they are very very open to the advice and the support etc and and do recognize that you know those skills are so fundamental and important to a business to actually you know if you understand the fundamentals of networking protocols and 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 other ideas other areas of um technology and and how they connect not only with each other but with the wider business mm -hmm. um then i just think that puts you in such good stead as an individual and so I'd say the smaller businesses are really recognizing that and big, bigger, bigger organizations are starting to, you know, open their eyes, open their ears and, and kind of listen and, and recognize that. But it has been a challenge. Um, and then that moves on to the certifications and, and the expectations in those areas as well. Mm -hmm. so does that so, mean then that maybe large organizations that have structure? And process right they typically would be the ones that um, seem to be complaining about str struggling to recruit <laughs> so we've had different perspectives on this right the talent shortage but is is the the way that large organizations are recruiting and the automation and the lack of personalization and just scale volume and velocity is that part of the reason they're struggling to recruit that's that's yeah hugely my opinion um in terms of the skills shortage i think it's more of an experience shortage in terms of that practical experience and the opportunity to to gain that um you're absolutely right and so with you know with um much larger larger organizations like i mentioned there typically they have um and not everybody may be familiar with this but they have um sort of uh, an out out outsource sort of recruiter mm -hmm. or recruitment partner in the business. Typically bigger companies do um, because it's just much easier to manage that process. So in, in my experience working with large, you know, sort of corporate and global organizations is that that process is typically automated um, through the vendor management systems. And what they do is they have what's called a preferred suppliers list for anyone listening that isn't familiar with what that is. And that's their, you know, preferred suppliers of recruiters across different sectors for their business. And everybody is literally given a job spec through this vendor management system. And it is a race against your competitors to fling CVs at the wall and hope something sticks. You know, what you're, you know, Cybersecurity, I've worked in recruitment for nearly 17 years now, dare I admit it. Um, going back to my point, so cybersecurity needs a more considered approach. Individuals in this industry are not particularly, for the most part, um, actually excited about a package or the salary. Mm -hmm. What these um, individuals are excited about is a career path, an opportunity, you know, what else can I learn? It's that thirst for learning all the time, you know? Um, and so they're, they're looking at, okay, what's the next great bit of tech, technology or kit that I can be working with? And, you know, what what's, uh, you know, sort of operational process to kind of that, you know, be involved with, et cetera. What, what else can I learn? You know, it's that thirst for learning. And so, you know, if, if you're working in a vendor managed way 
as a recruiter who's trying to support these individuals to flourish and grow in their career, if I'm working with a vendor management system, I can't tell you anything about that business, what their aspirations yeah. and growth plans are, yeah. you know, what, what, the, what the makeup of the team is, where, you know, um, who, who sits in those teams and who can you learn from, you know, where's yeah. that knowledge transfer, etc. I can't tell you any of those things. Yeah. So I point blank refuse to work in that way. Um, because for me, it's a, you know, my passion is about seeing somebody in their role for the long term and really flourishing and growing in that environment. And that's that's why I do what I do. Yeah. Um, so so a long winded way to your point, Anne, is that I think, yes, the structure and the process in place makes it very, very difficult for them to recruit in in a way that's agile. They, they can't afford to be as agile as much smaller companies. Um, and you know and and probably don't have as much time as well to 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 really be able to focus on that mm -hmm. especially as hiring managers etc so i do see that side of it as well i don't know what the answer is in terms of you know sort of building those relationships and especially when you're hiring at scale you know there's one company i looked at today and they've got like 40 or 50 uk based cyber security roles as a consultancy that's a huge, huge mm -hmm. volume for an internal recruit recruitment team or what have you to look after. And that's where you need your trusted partners and to give access to hiring managers so that you can support them in the right way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I also feel like is if uh, companies choose to take that kind of an approach to recruitment, they tend to focus more on what is on the resume, what is on the CV versus what is the individual actually about. And sometimes that can be really good because that means that you may have the person that has the best qualifications has had the bit the, the, the most expensive type of education uh, has um, in our case for example uh, 10 different sons certificates um, but I also feel like it overlooks a lot of people that may not necessarily either have the budget to go after those high profile certificates um, or has had the opportunities in the past and therefore does not have those kind of specific qualifications, but does have, for example, the mindset or does have the practical experience, which may not necessarily translate to the resume. Yeah, exactly. And to your, you know, to your point there, um, does qualifications equal experience? Because you can take a qualification yeah. or a certification, right? And you can, you know, sort of um, study the modules that sit within that. But how much do you actually take in in terms yeah. of being able to then communicate that and demonstrate that you are, you've understood, you know, sort of the the, the fundamentals of that accreditation? Um, because some people are just, you know, can can read something, take it in very quickly, and pass an exam, right? Yeah. But yeah. but to actually, you know, but to actually put that into practice where's the evidence of that yeah exactly onto that uh what is your point of view on certifications because it the two schools of thought mm -hmm. in cybersecurity, right um certific certifications don't bother with them or certifications are really good for you um what is your thought i um i sit right in the middle to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. um, I think there is a benefit to taking some that enables you to learn and develop as an individual and then as an individual to be able to demonstrate that either through your CV, your LinkedIn profile, how you communicate with the community and help others 
through that learning where where can you channel what you've learned through that certification mm -hmm. and you know put yourself in the best position mm -hmm. um i don't think it should be a prerequisite um mm -hmm. to be employed in this industry if i'm perfectly honest because I don't, as I said before, I don't think it really demonstrates what you've taken in, what it is that you actually understand, unless you get to interview stage and you can, you know, naturally talk through those processes or how you got to, you know, um, how you got that qualification mm -hmm. or accreditation, etc. So I really sit in the middle there. I think, you know, there's there's been some incredible people that I've recently placed at entry level in the last couple of months. Um, that haven't done that, but have, you know, who have um, worked really hard at learning through things like Udemy and even YouTube, um, you know, have been doing, um, uh, um, have been working with, sorry, Hack the Box and mm -hmm. um, Try Hack Me and things like that, and, abs and actually evidencing um, their scores or their certifications that they've, you know, certificates that they've got from that as well, and actually evidencing it in different ways, and actually having really active conversations on LinkedIn through things that they've learned. So I really sit in the middle there because I think if it's helping you and it's helping your development, then go for it. But don't feel that it's the be all and end all to to gain a role in this industry because the right employer should be able to recognise those, you know those skills that you have from a from a personal and professional perspective mm -hmm. um, and 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 see you know what that development should look like or could look like for you yeah yeah maybe a slightly different topic say um i'm a newbie or a person who just recently graduated i want to work in cybersecurity, and um i saw you on linkedin how would you be able to help me as in how would the process normally go or how could a potential or, or how could a person that is potentially interested in, in starting in cybersecurity reach out to you and 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 go for a potential new job um yeah so um, i actually get a lot of people reach out to me and i think i guess that's because i'm really active on linkedin and and really champion you know sort of the entry-level folk and you know really try and support them um so i do get a lot of people that do reach out to me mm -hmm. and just say you know where do i start what what do i do and and often like i go back to this sort of one of the first points i made was mm -hmm. you know really understanding what it is that you want to do um or 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 digging deep and really you know recognizing what your transferable skills are depending on the background that you've come from because yeah. they as i said before they can come from lots of different backgrounds so let's say it's somebody who's looking to um change their career naturally passionate about this industry and see it as a kind of you know long-term career goal but not quite sure you know where to start you know i often highlight you know, so the technical versus non-technical routes mm -hmm. that you can go down. Not every every role is technical. There's okay. compliance, you know, governance, risk management, etc. There's, you know, and, and cybersecurity awareness and things like that. So um, those are the types of conversations that I have with them is just to try and really navigate, you know, the types of areas you're interested in. Then I start pointing them in the direction of either learning resources that support some of those areas you know sort of given their background and experience because you know someone from marketing for example um you know might feel a little bit overwhelmed with the technical side but actually you know 
might be really really interested in sort of awareness and you know getting involved in that side of things you know that's kind of a really natural progression in this industry um and so i start pointing them towards resources and individuals working in those types of roles to try and learn a little bit more about what does the day-to-day responsibilities look like in in that kind of role um you know how 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 did those individuals kind of get to where they are now how did they navigate a career in that area and just ask those questions and in turn that builds their confidence to speak to others um you know it's difficult isn't it i mean but the worst they can say is no Mm -hmm. (laughs) or not respond to you and you just move on so um so um then we then i look with them um i ask them to share a cv with me Mm -hmm. so um i can start to give pointers around you know um what it is that they've done previously and really kind of trying to draw to the surface you know those skills that 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 you know could be well regarded and and utilized within this industry you know mm-hmm. and just giving them the confidence to 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 really um believe that you know those those sort of people management or communication skills are just so key in this industry the tech yep. stuff can be tall um and then I work with them on their LinkedIn profile as well and how you portray yourself as an individual, um, you know, tell us, you know, who you are, what it is you're about and what it is that you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then then people can resonate and relate to you as you start talking to them, etc. as well. Um, there are times I don't even have a role for them, which is most of the time, to be honest. Um, you go through, you know, you go through stages, etc. But if I I tag people in roles that I see and and you know push them towards companies that I know are hiring etc you know I don't really particularly want to commercialize off this side I'm just there to to help and I just want to see as many people gain an opportunity in this industry as possible so you know I push them to the cap gems of the world and you know some of the bigger organizations that have been but also some of the smaller ones that perhaps are not my clients but that I am aware of that there are opportunities around um uh, so yeah, I typically do that and then sort of point them towards, um, as I say, I've said resources, but, you know, sort of podcasts that they can listen to where these types of conversations are happening, um, you know, get involved with um, the community events as well, see where you can get involved um, and just be yourself. But by being yourself, you can just yeah. learn so much from others. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is actually mostly on the resume nowadays that being yourself versus being that perfect professional almost but my question is with regards to the retention um so when you place newbies in their roles um uh, have you had a chance to follow up with how long they um remain in that role or whether they're happy in that role do you have any feedback um regarding that yeah, I mean, my experience has only been good so far, to be perfectly honest. Um, so um, Cyber Experts is, um, for all intents and purposes, a startup business. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the work that I did previously was actually um, kind of senior consultants, et cetera, and augmenting um, project teams uh, within cybersecurity. So um, the kind of entry level piece, if you like, is something that I've been working on probably for the last nine months a year. Um, and only this year, really, those opportunities have started to arise in which I've been, you know, instrumental in supporting that journey. Um, but um, 
So to give you an example of a couple that started earlier on this year, I mean, I sort of almost become friends with them. You know, I speak to them weekly. We're all in the same community pockets and mm -hmm. groups. Um, and, you know, you know, if there's anything that they're not sure, and for example, we had a lady start as a um, junior SOC analyst two mm -hmm. months ago, mm -hmm. um, and I catch up with her maybe every two weeks. Um, and one thing that she sort of pointed out um, that she was she was afraid to sort of ask some questions through her learning path. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's it's equal. There's 50% women, 50% men um, in her team, etc., which is fantastic. Um, but um, yeah, some of the areas that she was kind of learning on, she, you know, some areas she was picking up much quicker than others. Mm -hmm. And but she felt afraid to sort of ask those questions, um, you know, and and sort of put her hand up and say, I'm struggling in this area. And I just sort of said to her, you know, unless you're honest with the business, they, you know, and provide that feedback, they can't support mm -hmm. the areas that they know you're struggling in. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you need that learning loop because businesses need to know is the way in which we're providing that support and, and those platforms, et cetera, it, that's not going to be right for everybody. You know, one size doesn't fit all. So um, fortunately, the business that I work with are, you know, um, great vision on that side of things. Um, and so um, she's she managed to go back to the business on the Monday and say, you know, I'm really struggling in these areas. And they've sort of recreated some of that learning path for her um, to support her learning needs, which yeah, has been outstanding to see. But I think it's just having the confidence to say, hey, I'm struggling in this area and, and maybe we could approach it a slightly different way. Or mm -hmm. could you give me some guidance on how to approach that? But so far, so good. Touch okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, but the, the the struggling part, I think, um, at least based on based on experience, most people are really afraid to just say, "I don't know," yeah. or "Can you show me this?" If uh, if I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I just I just say, yeah, I ask a question. Uh, but I think that um, that comes down again then to the comment that I made like two three minutes ago, like being perceived as a human basically or yeah. being perceived as that perfect professional um, the thing is if you are aiming to be perceived as a perfect professional then you will not grow as a professional you will not get further and I think that a lot of organizations still need to get like a change in mindset almost with yeah. regards to okay we are hiring someone that may not be there yet at the point that we want them to have but they are willing to learn and they're willing to develop themselves. So let's give them an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And and that's how you retrain your, retrain, retain your team, isn't it? Yeah, you know, if yeah. you, if you're constantly, you know, on the ball with that stuff and, you know, constantly given opportunities for an individual to really develop and learn, whether that's through mentorship or, or whether that's through, you know, sort of, um, practical learning etc or shadowing others um, whatever the case may be that that may suit that individual you need to be able to provide those types of opportunities yeah. um, and, and in turn that's where you get you know that's where you get high retention levels within an organization but to your point there is no perfect what is perfect yeah I don't think anybody can answer that there is Some, no you know someone, yes, yeah someone who ticks the boxes in all of the the, the requirements in the job vacancy <laughs> <laughs> and whoever does no matter how much experience you have you'll never yeah. do it will you it's just you know the unicorn approach but 
Um, you know, to the point of asking questions, I think, you know, that no question is a silly question in this industry because yeah. there is just so much to learn and it's taken me you know this best part of this year to not be a, even as a recruiter to be afraid and and ask questions and sometimes you think oh god I feel so stupid asking this but <laughs> you just think you know what if I don't ask then I don't know right and somebody else would have asked before me so um I think you just got to put yourself out there haven't you yeah, yeah absolutely and just on that, um, is there a gender aspect to that, right? So we're very, very clear on this podcast, like it's not a women's soapbox. But the fact is, is that there are certain topics that are influenced more or less by gender. And I have an intuition that women are potentially more disadvantaged in certain contexts because of the level or lack of psychological safety, right? Not all environments are friendly. Um, and if you're in a minority, and it might just be a gender minority, if you are in a minority, it's not necessarily easy to stick your hand up and say, I don't know, because the reality is, is that sometimes you do get shot down. And the reality is that sometimes you will find yourself surrounded by people who are not necessarily friendly. So just on that, I mean, like you say, you seem to be choosing, which is wonderful, right? You can choose the organizations that are aligned with your approach and your values. Have you got any anecdotes though of um, maybe situations where this is like, the don't do this box, you know, of, um, because you've, you've told us about actually both. Have you got stories, good and bad, of um, people moving into the industry and doing well, and then people kind of maybe trying to move in and it's not been so easy, right? And this is the lesson of companies do not do this, right? If, you're, if you want to bring on good people, do not do this. Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately, there's a few companies out there that take full advantage of um, individuals, let's say, that want to get into this space um, and 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 basically pay them way below any value that they're worth. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, there's organisations as well that work with where, you know, it's been a bit of a bully culture um, yeah. in terms of, you know, sort of considering um other opportunities because they feel so undervalued you know these the, for the most part people that are working in this industry or that have managed to gain an opportunity hold on to it so tight and work so darn hard um to to you know to really develop and to grow within that organization or within this space um and you know there's some a particular business that just really holds them back through salary through value through um you know growth and development etc um and have almost bullied them into staying when they've tried to leave and so you know oh, i know those. and that's not just through, <laughs> that's not just through salary either you know you wouldn't mind if you got an extra 10 grand on top of that yeah. maybe you would yeah. stick up stick yeah. with it for a, a couple of months more um until you realize that the salary isn't everything um but um you know they've taken those kind of tactics and then when they decide to leave you know of basically you know as i say tried to to keep them there or or to cause problems when they have left yeah um and you know when when you're working in that fashion and trying to get people for as cheap as possible because you 
think there's a big skills gap and everybody's you know so desperate for a role in this industry um it's not going to fare you well because you know now half your workforce has just left in the last yeah. two months so yeah go figure what is it I that mean, you're doing wrong i mean hallelujah we've, we've, we've <laughs> finished uh at the moment of recording a couple of weeks ago already but um we've, we've published also an episode on money talks and that is actually a topic that is still relatively taboo within the industry but it does help you because you sometimes realize that for example the colleague that is doing the exact same thing as you are doing sometimes earns 10 20k more than you are doing for example um of course relatively speaking in pounds euros whatever um mm -hmm. But that's also sometimes just organizations taking advantage of, of either your expertise or your unwillingness to negotiate about certain things. Or lack of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's definitely a disparity with, with pay, um, you know, and... It, I think at the senior level, there's that massive gap between, you know, naturally disparity between men, male and female, etc. Um, but certainly at the kind of mid to lower level, you know, I think just across this industry, there's no transparency in terms of where the pay is, etc. And I know that changes from business to business. Yeah. But there's more than three businesses that I'm working with, um, particularly around pen testers, which is a very, um, a very small pool of talent, um, particularly in the UK. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of them do are, you know, um, from a candidate perspective, ask for very, very, very inflated salaries when they get beyond a certain point in their career. Um, but it just creates disparity across um, organisational structures and pay structures. Um, and three organisations that I work with say, no, our senior level is this salary or there or thereabouts, depending on your certifications, et cetera, at that point. Um, and, you know, at the lower level, it sits here and everybody's on the same. And you work, you know, you work that up through your accreditations that we support you with as a business. Um, and, you know, I've put forward some, uh, you know, some fantastic talent to these businesses that are slightly higher than their salary threshold mm -hmm. and they've turned them down. They're not going to fight everybody else yeah. because if you're taking on somebody who wants a hugely inflated salary, the likelihood is in a year's time, they'll move to another business mm -hmm. also yeah. with another inflated salary. Yeah. And so actually that, you know, you're never going to be able to, to uh, retain them. Yeah. Um, in the business because they're always going to be looking for the next best thing yeah yeah i mean and that's the sorry no go ahead i mean that's the balance that you need to get basically you need to be able to provide a market conform uh salary but at the same time you also need to make sure that you're transparent to the rest of your employees yeah exactly so um natasha okay i i know like for example uh the website glassdoor which will basically show the um the expected salary range. Most of the job descriptions do not show the salary range. So how can a person who's trying to get into security arm themselves with that knowledge uh, if they do not have someone within the company to you know, um, give them tips about it? Are there some source, uh, resources that you have in mind or some sites that you have in mind? It's really, really difficult because it travels so differently from business to business. Um, you know, there is an average market rate, etc., or a salary rate at, for certain roles and, and certain levels of experience. 
Glassdoor gives a level of indication to that. Um, the problem, as you say, into your point there, Faith, is that companies often don't openly advertise the salary ranges for roles, um, and recruiters, sadly, are, um, are guilty of that also. And I don't really see the issue with, certainly as a recruitment business, being able to highlight what that salary is or what that salary range could look like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know when I advertise jobs, um, we put a salary range in there. Um, just, a, it's just transparency, you know, that, that's, that's our kind of core value in what we do as a business. And so I think that that should trickle through in terms of, you know, sort of um, job descriptions. Um, I think as an individual who is, um, potentially you know looking for another opportunity or trying to balance you know what their salary is versus the market at the moment speak to trusted recruiters you don't know, do your due diligence understand what they're doing in the industry and make sure you resonate with them as a company as an organization and as potential recruitment individuals to trust that knowledge and experience and they should be able to demonstrate to you what the average salaries are, whether it be, you know, because that might sit slight, again slightly differently for, you know, sort of um, large, you know, enterprise level organisations versus, um, you know, sort of SMEs, because SMEs do typically pay that little bit lower. Yeah. yeah. And Natasha, just one question that you could, you can advise me on, because this is a question that normally will be asked in every interview. Um, what is your salary expectation and that is a very difficult question that mm -hmm. i always try to um I, I try to ask my 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 tactic has been to try and not answer that question i try to counter the recruiter <laughs> with um what is the expected what is the range for this particular role but not all recruiters will tell you that information um so what what is the right or wrong for this type of question how do you handle um, it <laughs> is it a woman thing <laughs> because i always feel really yeah. awkward talking about money with even clients you know what, what would you charge what, what do you need <laughs> i find it a really awkward conversation so yeah. i i completely understand from a you know and i've been that side of the fence as well in my career um mm -hmm. you know it's only in the last sort of 18 months that i've been a business owner so um, i've completely been there and um, it depends if you've gone through the avenue of a recruitment agency generally you shouldn't have to have that conversation um but you should always be prepared for it and i think it's understanding um Oh, it's been very clear in your own mind what it is that you feel your where your value is mm -hmm. versus the market and versus what you need what what would make you feel valued as an individual not about the most money you can get because let's let's face it if you're looking for a 15 to twenty thousand pound hike on your salary um then the expectation from the business is is going to be very very high yeah. um, and you know you're going to be under a lot of pressure to perform whatever role that is at such a big hike in your salary mm -hmm. so you have to be honest with yourself in terms of what's important to me as an individual in my career and, and what i want to do you know is it the salary and the benefits or or is it you know the wider opportunity the the you know the career development um plans etc how are they going to support me as an individual in my growth in mentorship in you know in potential or, or other opportunities in the wider business to develop mm -hmm. and grow um 
And once you're clear in your mind, then you should be comfortable to have that conversation and say, you know, the level that you're looking at, don't negotiate it down while you're in that conversation. Um, just just be clear about it and, and just leave it at that. You know, I'm looking for 45,000, let you know, hypothetically say, um, and, and kind of leave that conversation there. Let that figure sit with them. Mm -hmm. So I just want to touch on the, um, the, the other strings to your bow, right? So WESIS, um, because, you know, the, you've talked already about the approach you have to recruitment and the, the sharing of resources. And yeah, you're giving your time, right? It, this is not um, industrialized recruitment. This is somebody who cares, who shares, who points, who directs, who connects. And it just, it's really important what you're doing, right? So I just wanted to give a little bit of a platform to it. WESIS, right? So for people who don't know, what is WESIS about? And um, why are you involved? I give all the things you could spend your time on, you've chosen to do this. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about why. And um, so my business partner and I have been aware of, um, so it's women in cybersecurity and it's affectionately known as WESIS. And I think a lot of people know it there. So they're a global organization. Um, and at the time of us, um, uh, you know, starting conversations with them. And they had just a handful of um, affiliates um, around the globe in Canada and um, uh, where else did they have affiliates? And actually in a lot of um, states in the US. Um, and what we wanted to do is something that was, um, you know, really community driven and giving back to the community. And we love what they stand for um, in terms of, you know, their sort of their, their overall mission and purpose is to um, attract, retain and advance women in cybersecurity and give women the platform that they need to, um, you know, either join the industry, um, advance, you know, or, or develop themselves as individuals in this industry. And that's through, um, they do a, an incredible mentorship program. Um, they um, do lots of um, kind of learning initiatives as well. So they have a lot of strategic partnerships with the, companies like AWS, Facebook, Google, etc. And so um, they develop these kind of learning capture the flag events or um, like AWS doing AWS jam and things like that, which really kind of facilitates further learning. Um, they do scholarships. Um, they also have a huge conference as well. Um, and they often get, you know, sort of um, attendee wise, probably over two and a half thousand plus attendees um, of women and allies. Um, and, you know, they're, they're very much about giving women a platform for, you know, um, developing confidence in this industry, um, whether it be at the kind of starting end or whether it be at the senior end to kind of take that next step. You know, everybody deserves a place on the board. And I think, you know, for, for Laura and I, who are women that perhaps do struggle with imposter syndrome and, and developing our own confidence in certain situations, we want to be able to you know, support other women in the same way with these great initiatives. And so um, she and I co-founded the UK affiliate um, in the summer of last year. And really, you know, it, it's a bit of a startup environment for us again, um, you know, worked a lot in the, you know, really hard in the background mm -hmm. to, to kind of build it to where it is today. We really, um, I'd say, um, launched in January of this year with some great events um, with ISC Squared and others as well. So, um, you know, for us, there is 
and and for me working in recruitment for as long as I have and probably in the in the overall tech space for the last 10 years across cybersecurity and technology as a whole there's just so few women and even as a recruiter when you get ad responses or when you're working within the you know within networks to build those talent pools etc it's just literally a handful of women and it's like you know how can we how can we really strip this back and make this industry sexy right because it's just depicted as so dark and gloomy and boring you know how can we how can we bring some pizzazz to this and you know and 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 drive interest and and for you know with a lot of the initiatives that that we work on is actually going to be working more so with universities um we've got um uh our first sort of cohort on board um and um and eventually working with schools as well to you know to develop initiatives etc that show this off as a career option um so yeah so it's something yeah we're very passionate about and we absolutely love and and it's just being part of a community of other women and and allies as well and that's so so important um you know to 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 really help further your career and 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 build that confidence to consider you know a career in this space Mm-hmm. So, is your um, is your area of coverage only uh, the UK, or are you focusing on Europe? Because I don't think we have very many affiliates uh, over here, right? You've got one just popping up in France, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's um yeah they, <laughs> I think they've just signed. So um I think they're just very very early stages um but yeah so you've got um an affiliate in france i think we are probably in the affiliate wise we've got around 30 so we are truly global now so we've got australia canada we've got a couple in africa um in different regions of africa and india as well um so yeah so at the moment as the uk affiliate we cover um england scotland and wales um but no doubt that will branch into you know perhaps smaller affiliates um as time goes on um but yeah they are you know there's there's so much interest to to develop those initiatives in a region um and and make sure that they're fit for purpose for that region so we you know we just want to replicate a lot of the great stuff that the global organization is doing and making sure that it's you know kind of fit for the uk market i'm loving this conversation and i'm sure that, that the other ladies are as well um being time conscious, is there anything that you want to shout out before we wrap up, basically? The the one thing maybe that you would love people to know or the tip or the encouragement or just the sort of the your message, you push out a message. <laughs> I think um, I think the important message out there is is for anyone considering a career in this space is what an incredible community it is and that's globally you know if you talk to individuals in this space everybody is willing to help or a lot of people are very willing to help you um, or point you in the right direction and i think just don't lose faith um and and don't get overwhelmed there is a lot of you know there is a lot of diverse areas of cyber security and information security um but just you know follow your heart follow your path um and and the rest will come (laughs) (laughs) i don't think we can top this (laughs) okay cool um that being said natasha thank you so much for joining us today um i think we really have 
good conversations with a lot of good pointers that people can take with them if they're looking for a new job in cybersecurity, either as a graduate or as someone who is uh, joining in from the sides, basically. Yeah. Um, for our viewers, thank you again for your support. Thank you again for, for, for sharing the content that, that we make. Um, if you're interested in joining us in a conversation like Natasha did today, please let us know. If you have uh, ideas for topics that we uh, that we can discuss, also please let us know. And um, yeah, thanks so much all. Thanks everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.